Twitter may not be around much longer, but we are here all the time to talk about B- this week. We have a lot to talk about as the Eagles face off against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. There is basketball to talk about as well. We get into all of that and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code Locked On and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. With me, I have on, as always, on a Friday, Mitch Wolf. Mitch, how's it going? Doing good. I'm just uh, taking in the last few possible moments of Twitter. And on the trending topics, the top four are Hashtag RIP Twitter, goodbye Twitter, with Twitter, and Twitter HQ. So this is going to be an interesting night. Yeah. Um, it feels like a, a, the best GIF I've seen of this Twitter thing is from the time of the uh, captain as it's slamming into a uh, an iceberg. It feels like what this is heading, where this is all heading. But yeah, I mean, spe- there's 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 all the GIFs and memes of everything with this. It's just, it's something to behold for sure. Yeah, I was trying to tell my wife, and she just literally did not care. About <laughs> She's like, I don't. She goes, I don't care about rich guys and and, and their failures and not failures because I feel like there's something else going on. I'm like, look, I'm not getting into that. I just, I'm just <laughs> telling you, I find this interesting, but like, apparently not everyone does. But what people should find interesting is this weekend's game between Boston College and Notre Dame. It is the holy war, uh, a game BC has not won since 2009. That was a year uh, Frank Spaziani. It was his first year as head coach. And folks don't remember this, that he actually beat Notre Dame. Uh, but that was, I think that was the Charlie Weiss years as well for the Fighting Irish. And that was, there were some, there were some bad Notre Dame teams back then. But this is not a bad Notre Dame team. Number 18th in the country. They've started to figure some things out. And BC, to their credit, they've got a lot going on. They've got some, they're riding the highs. They they beat NC State last week, as we've talked about. But they also got, they've also got the flu. So, there's a, there's a lot to talk about in this game. And so, Mitch, I'll let you start this off. How do you want to tackle? What's the first thing you want to tackle about this game? First thing I want to say is that I feel like we have to call this the second crusade, given that we already had Notre Dame play BYU. So I think that's technically Holy War. So this would be second crusade or second schism or uh, you know something like that. So, But the other thing I would say is that, yeah, I mean, now this is two years in a row where BC gets afflicted by a flu outbreak in the last two weeks of the season, which is pretty crazy. Got to think that maybe next year they'll have a bit more mandatory rules about getting flu shots, but <laughs> we won't get into, but we won't get into mandatory shots on this podcast. That's for another time. Anyways. Uh, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame is very, a very difficult team to figure out because obviously they start the season off losing to Ohio state on the road. You know, that's, that's fine. Then they lose to Marshall at home, which is crazy. They Real off some nice wins, beat North Carolina. Then they lose to Stanford at home by two points, which is crazy. Now they've beaten some, eh, you know, up and down teams. You know, they beat UNLV, who's a pretty bad program. They beat Syracuse on the road, you know, pretty handily. They beat Clemson at home by a lot. And then they barely hold on against Navy last week. So it's really tough to get a handle on Notre Dame. Their offense, they've scored a lot of points the last few weeks. 
but I just I just feel like I'm still not ready to fully trust them. You know, putting 35 on Clemson is impressive, but I think there were some special team scores and some defensive scores. So I don't I don't know where to go with that. And yeah, I mean, their defense is still pretty good. You know, I mean, Marcus Freeman's obviously a great coordinator. Uh, they've got plenty of talent in that defense. Nate, the guy I'm looking at is Isaiah Foskey, who's one of their edge rushers, who's going to be a top draft pick. I, I would say a first round pick, but I know some people don't like him as much, but uh, he's a really impressive talent and BC's offense talk is going to have their hands full going up against him this weekend. And well, I'll let you go like um, unit by unit, but I was talking to Tim O'Malley of Irish illustrated on the two, four, seven network. And I did not realize one of the biggest issues BC has had this year. And we've talked about this is special teams. Notre Dame has, I think seven block punts this year. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> By, and, and as he said, it was seven different players. I think that have done that. I know, say, I know Foskey got one. I think it was against Clemson, uh, but yep. yeah, they, they're one of the teams that they like to play stars on special teams. And luckily that's something BC hasn't had a problem with uh, yeah. so far this season, but we're pretty much spinning the wheel of fortune with that unit. And you keep removing options of punishment in terms of, you know, block. I mean, every game we've, we've talked about this, right? Like every game they found a new wave except for last game, which I think they did pretty well. Yeah, they, they had the, the, the fumble and punt return, but again, that wasn't yeah. like the muff punt returns like they, like Clemson had, uh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like there's always something new. So, <laughs> you know, we haven't had block punch yet. So that block punch is, is one of the few remaining options on the board. So you got to, yeah. we're going to take it this week. So, yeah, I mean that that would that, I mean if that happens that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but like like you said, like BC has had a de- doesn't done a decent job of protecting their punters this season. So I don't know, maybe they'll escape without that happening. All right, let's look at the offensive side of the ball now. I've talked about on two different episodes now the potential of Phil Dracovic playing in this game, and on Tuesday's press Wednesday's press conference, excuse me, Halfley said there's a chance he could play. You, you're good with coach speak. You've listened to a lot of press conferences too. Do you think that's just coach speak or do you think there's actually a chance we're going to see Phil Dracovic on Saturday? You're asking me if Jeff Halfley is being completely honest and forthright about an injury. <laughs> Come on. I, this is absolutely coach speak. I mean, this is, this is him, you know, especially because Notre Dame probably, they're probably of the same mind of a lot of people. They would think that they're going to try to get Dracovic back for this game to give him that revenge narrative. Yep. And I mean, he's just planting that seed. I, I think that it, it'd be a really tough call for him to go back to Jerkovic after the last two games, especially with apparently the offensive line getting specifically affected by the flu. N- not that Moorhead has any more evasiveness or probably even less evasive than Jerkovic is in terms of scrambling out of the pocket. But I, th- I think you do have to ride the hot hand here in terms of how Moorhead's playing. I think if you, I, I think, I think that you'd risk shattering some of his confidence, you know, even though, you know, he, he didn't play perfect in the last two games, but he played very well, obviously, and led them to win last week. So I think that if you made that switch, that would be very confusing. And I think the team wouldn't like it because yep. they've, you know, they've played, played better in the last, I mean, I would say like the last six quarters, you know, they've played quite well on both sides of the ball, to be honest. So yep. I, I'll give them that. And, you know, Moorhead has been the guy that's led them through that. So I don't see Dracovic playing in this game. I think that he's got that whole litany of injuries that they can say, oh, it's he's still not feeling fully comfortable with this. So they can kind of get use that as cover, if you will. Yeah, it's it's I, I agree with you there. I, I think I it's, think a, it's a tough situation like this. This is yep. uh, this is a this is a very delicate situation. I, I think it's it's difficult. It'd be difficult for nearly any coach to be handling this, especially, you know, if if BC was doing well, 
that that'd be obviously make it more complicated, but you'd at least feel better that your season is going better despite the quarterback injury. But, you know, dealing with this, dealing with a team that, you know, a lost season, like we said, even though they got the win last week, this is just a really tough thing for a coach to navigate. And I think that's something that we've, you know, Halfley has had a lot thrown at him in his first three years as BC's head coach in terms of quarterback injuries, the global pandemic, all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we have ragged on him, including me, obviously, on this podcast and in editorial format. But I think we do have to give him at least a semblance of credit for weathering a lot of different storms across three seasons. Yep. Yep. And you have to think too, right? Like there, there's a, ch- like, unlike Clemson, I feel like there's some chance against this team. Like yeah, for sure. Uh, Notre Dame looks like they have the potential to be beatable, like at different points. If, if BC wins this game and go and some, I'm, I'm just, you know, theoretically throwing this out there and then they go on and beat Syracuse. Halfley's going to have some pretty serious momentum going into 2023. Like, it, there's a potential that they make a bowl. They will. Um, but even if that, you've won two, you would have two wins against ranked teams. You won three games in a row. You played, you know, whatever, how many quarters Spe- in a row. Speaking of which, can we investigate the offices of NC State and the college football playoff for Boo <laughs> Corrigan, the NCAA State AD, still having his school ranked in the top 25 after mm-hmm. three losses, including one to BC at home? I mean, what are we doing? Come on. Yep. Right. Well, in a moment, we're going to get into the defensive side of the ball. We're going to talk about Drew Pine, Michael Meyer, and that Notre Dame offense. We'll get to that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends over at Underdog. Now, if you have not checked out Underdog yet, you need to do that right away. Underdog is the way to go here uh, in terms of fantasy sports. They have everything that you need. I love playing. It's the easiest place to spice up college football season. You can check it out. If you go to the Underdog website, you can create an account and look at the different pick choices for you. For instance, I'm going to go with Arkansas quarterback Jaden Daniels, higher than 271 yards against um, uh, whoever they're playing this week. I totally blanked. I, think, I, say, I think you've got the LSU quarterback on Arkansas. Uh, yes, <laughs> I have it backwards. Jaden Daniels last, against that was, Arkansas. Well, that, was the last, Razorbacks. that was yes. last week anyways. <laughs> yeah, okay. Anywho, so you check out Underdog. Played place to play, and it's available in over 30 states. You can just pick between two and five players across any team, not just the Eagles, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. Super easy to play, a lot of fun to win. So all you got to do, sign up with promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store Google Play Store. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On. Get in the college football action today. All right, we're back. Locked on BC here. We're talking the Holy War. And it's been a while since this game has had any feel to it. Because last time, 2020, it it, it certainly would have had some feel to it because BC was playing well. But Alumni Stadium was completely empty because of COVID. Um, and I still, it, of all the COVID games, that one sticks out to me as just being one of those games that was completely empty. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was BC and Notre Dame. I think but, when you have the when the when you have the night games, yeah, and it was a primetime game too. And the lights kind of reflect off the empty bleachers. I think that kind of gave the effect of it really being empty. Yeah, yeah, it was just a weird game. But one player that played in that game was Michael Meyer, and that was his first one of his first. I think he was a freshman that and mm-hmm. um uh, the wide receiver for the Rams. I'm totally blanking on his name. He's got a Polish last oh, name. Oh, Skoranek. 
Yeah. Who I think torched BC in that game. Yeah, he had some he had some really good catches against uh I guess that would have been Elijah Jones or Brandon Sebastian. Yep. XFL's Brandon Sebastian. Yes. <laughs> um, but Michael Meyer had one catch in that game. Uh, there was a lot of buzz about him going into this game, but now he he is he's that guy. He's got a lot of dog in him, if you want to use the the, the vernacular <laughs> the kids have. Uh, but he is like, uh, be, you know, a lot of jokes go around about how Zay Flowers is all of BC's offense. It seems like Michael Meyer is all of Notre Dame's offense. Yeah, I mean, he's got at least a third of their targets. He has twice as many targets as the next receiver, twice as many receptions, twice as many yards. He has seven touchdowns. The next highest touchdown of any single player is three. So this is the guy. And it's, it'll be interesting because, I mean, now he kind of lines up a lot more places. He's in the slot a lot more. He lines up out wide. He's he's n- none of the places that he aligns is more than 50%. So they're moving him around the formation a lot more. I think mostly because they don't have that other receiver, you know, last year, even they, they had a uh, Kevin Austin, who I think is on an NFL team at some point. Uh, you still had Kyron Williams. Uh, Braden Lency is still on the team. He's still there. He's a decent player. He had an incredible catch last week against Navy. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go find it somewhere. It's awesome. One of those mm-hmm. crazy behind the back catches. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like they're going to have to stop Michael Mayer. And I think that BC is honestly pretty well equipped to do that. I think, you know, you've got, linebackers like cam arnold bryce Steele, and Jaden woodbay who will be coming down in the box a lot i think woodbay's gonna catch a lot of those uh coverage snaps against mayor because he is a great athlete he's got decent size so he's not gonna get bullied by mayor but he also has the athleticism to stay with him and mayor is a ve- i mean he's, he's a very well-rounded tight end but he isn't like a kyle pitts like a you know vertical receiver take the top off the defense kind of player you know, I, I think in turn he's a great he's a great blocker. He does a good job catching contested passes underneath in the intermediate area, but he's not going to be you know running you know these deep seams or deep corners where he's and you know running like fade routes all over the field. Like he's not not going to be doing anything like that. So if you can keep Mayer kind of funneled into those short intermediate areas, you know, ideally you probably want to try to double cover and force them to throw the ball elsewhere to their other receivers. You know, maybe make a excuse me, make Drew Pine throw the ball deep. He's been, you know, he's a smaller guy, so he doesn't have as much, you know, physical ability. He's decent throwing the ball deep, you know, better than MJ Morris, I would say, but not incredible. So I think this is, again, where BC is going to want to man up and force this guy to beat you with by making tight window throws consistently throughout the game. Uh, see, I, I I think I disagree a little bit. I think you're saying that BC has the guys to stop him. I'm worried. Very. I mean, like, obviously he's talented. I'm worried about the guys that they have to cover him because I don't see. I, I have, you know, Cam Arnold and Bryce Steele, who had only 16 snaps last game, which I thought was interesting. I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But I, 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 I'm worried that they're going to have a tough game because the linebacking group of any group that we've had all year has struggled. And the best linebacker is Vinny De Palma. And I'm not sure he's a guy that you want covering Michael no. Mayer. So is there a possibility that eats up like Cam Arnold and, and steel out there? Or? I think, I think you kind of have to accept that there are times where he is going to beat you. Like, I mean, think about Thayer Thomas last week. He only had four catches for 53 yards. And one of them was on like the first play of the game where he made a contested catch down the sideline where Matry was draped all over him. So, you know, he's, he's covered. The guy just th- gets thrown at and you can't make a play of the ball. So, I mean, there's not really much else BC could do there. So I think if, you know, if you can keep mayor relatively contained, like, cause you're not, I don't think you're going to take him out of the game completely, 
but I think you can limit his effectiveness to the point that if you're doubling him and making it harder for the quarterback to find him and throw to him, you're at least forcing the quarterback to look at other receivers and rely on those receivers to beat you as opposed to just letting Mayer you know, walk all over, which I, I don't, I think BC is going to rotate a lot of their coverages toward him. I think you're going to see a lot of d- double coverage, a lot of bracket coverage, uh, man match stuff on Mayer to make sure that he is taken away. All right. Now, now you mentioned Drew Pine. Let's talk about him. Now, last week, BC played another younger quarterback in MJ Morrison. To the credit of Tem Lokabu in that defense, I thought they did a fantastic job of shutting him down. I mean, they, they forced four, uh, four turnovers. They were, in his face all game long. Drew Pine has is a as another younger quarterback that I think has 18 touchdowns and five interceptions after taking over for Shane Bueller uh earlier in the season or Beckler, I forgot to say his last name. Um what, tell me what you you've watched some of him some of his games I'm sure. Tell me a little bit about what you think about uh Drew Pine. I'm not particularly impressed. Um he kind of just seems like your typical undersized college quarterback that he can do some things, you know, I, I think he's helped by having receivers that are good at winning contested catches on the outside that, and I, I'm, he's so, I think he's going to, it's weird. Cause his, his deep ball, his deep uh, completions, he's completed 46%, which is, I think it's about the same as MJ Morris, uh, but, or it might, it might be a little more, but essentially it's like left less than 50%, but they've gone for a lot of yards and he's thrown seven touchdowns and no picks. So essentially like he's just, he's getting, help from his receivers there that they're helping him make plays uh, with shorter quarterbacks. They, they do want to throw to the outside more because they can see those receivers. It's harder for them to throw over the middle of the field. We see this with Kyler Murray. We see it with Russell Wilson in the NFL and Pines a, a decent runner. Like he's not a Malik. I wouldn't say he's a Malik Cunningham or um, a, D, a DG Uyunglele or anything like that, but he, he can hurt you a little bit with his legs, kind of like Morris did last week uh, with a few scrambles here and there, but you know, I think they're essentially this is kind of a this offense for him is kind of a you know short throws, you know, hit the RPOs, hit the hit throws into the flat, and then you know establish the run and then take some deep shots when you can. Only right. twelve, so, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. So let's just wrap this up because we have to get to our uh, our final segment. We, let's get to our predictions. I think everyone's dying to hear what we think because we I I I would be the first to say that I absolutely whiffed on NC State. I had them winning thirty one ten against BC last week. I'm going to, I'm not going to, I'm kind of going to jump in the middle here. I'm not going to take BC to win this game because it's on the road. I think Notre Dame's a better team, but I still think BC's going to cover. Now, this is a 20, uh, 20 and a half point spread, depending on where you're looking, 19 and a half to 20 and a half. I think I'm going to take Notre Dame winning this game, something like 28 14. Yeah, their offense has been playing pretty well recently, and BC's defense has been a little tough to figure out. You know, they start off games pretty tough, but, or, pretty tough in a bad way but then figure it out as the game goes on and i'm not sure if they're gonna have that luxury of being able to do that against notre dame uh then again you could see them be more maybe kind of focus on that this week in practice 20 points is a lot i feel like i'm gonna agree with you on bc covering but this is just it's really tough to figure out especially because we don't know who exactly is gonna be missing with the flu yeah if the offensive line is affected it's gonna be tough because you're gonna see isaiah foskey up against jack conley and I mean, we've seen we've seen some horror shows with, you know, players who are much worse than Isaiah Foskey. So I'm going to say, what did you say? 28, 14. That feels like a really I mean, that that I'll I'll kind of mix it up. I'll say like 27 to 
12 or something like that. Because um, just to kind <laughs> of miss extra points for Colorado. I don't, I don't know. I mean, hey, they, they, I think the only have missed extra point, uh, have they missed an extra point just straight up? I'm trying to think if they have. I know they missed them because they've been blocked. Didn't they doink remember. one against uh, Rutgers? They might have. I think I knew they missed a field goal, but no, because they lost 22 21, right? Or was it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it, it was blocked. weird. It was yeah, because I think they were. I think they've only missed extra points when they've been blocked. So yeah, no, yeah. 20, he's twenty. Like, or they like go for. Oh no, Liam know. Connor's zero for one. Uh, okay, I don't know. Yeah, what doing. yeah. So I'll say like 27-12 just to make the scores a little weirder. But yeah, I think BC covers because I think their defense will do a decent job of limiting Pine. But at the end of the day, this I think Notre Dame's defense is just going to wreck BC's offense. I agree. Uh, Connor missed one against Wake Forest. There we go. Uh, that was blocked. That one was blocked for sure. Yes. Yep. Good, good memory. All right, so in a moment, Mitch and I are going to go around the country and look at our, our 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 gambling picks for the week. If you're into making your picks, you want to hear what we have um, planned for you in that final segment. Now, are you feeling like you just can't get into shape? It's not your fault. As men, naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. Now, remember when winning was easy? That's because when you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone product production. What some have called the winner's hormone or the man's hormone. Wouldn't it be nice to get the winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? Want more energy to come physical effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you jump back into the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Now, Nugenics Total T contains man-boosting key ingredients like testosterone. It's been validated in five clinical studies that's shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. And because Nugenics Total T boosts free testosterone, the aging process robs. You feel stronger, leaner, and more energy and drive. And more passion, too. Your partner will notice the difference. So now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text college to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape and faster. Absolutely. Text college to 231231. That's 231231 college. All right, Mitch. We're going to start hitting up this uh, these other games. I, I've, I've been looking. I love looking at the, you know, as a BC person, I love watching other games too because I get kind of tired of watching Boston College sometimes. Uh, but let's look at some of these other games this weekend. Let's, let's, I'll let you start off. What's one game that you're thinking that you, if you were betting, you would put some money on? Sorry, my mic was acting up. Uh, no, this is a, this is a weird week. You've got a lot of, kind of FCS or power five versus G five games sprinkled in, in the last week of the season before rivalry week. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is USC versus UCLA. Now this is a very big rivalry and it hasn't really had any consequence for many years because USC has been up and down. UCLA has been up and down, but even though UCLA lost last week to Arizona resurgent program, Arizona, by the way, uh, this yep. is a very big game for the PAC 12 who, if, if USC can win this game, they'll they have Notre Dame next week. So they'll, you know, if, even if they lose to Notre Dame, that won't really affect their conference record. So this is essentially USC. If they win this game, they clinch the Pac-12 South, I believe. And if they can keep, if they can run the table, they're probably going to be a playoff team. So right now, USC is a road favorite at minus two. I think USC is going to win this game. And USC's defense is very questionable, but they can put up points with the best of them. And, you know, they're going to get Mario, they're going to get a Jordan Addison back. They're going to get Mario Williams back this week. That, that offense is super explosive. You know, if you are a BC fan, I'd recommend watching this game because it's fun to watch real offenses operate. 
I think UCLA is just not going to have enough firepower to keep up, even though they've been very uh, offensively sound this so far this season. So I'm taking USC minus two. The over under is 77 and a half. I would love to see if somebody could find me last time or if BC was ever in a game where the over under was that high, but I'm, I, I think I might take the over just for the fun of it, because then you can just keep rooting for points. Cause this, this game could easily end up. I'm not sure if you saw SMU at Houston, where it was like 56 to 35 at halftime. I feel mm-hmm. like this game could kind of follow that same path. Okay. All right. And now I want to jump in with something. One of our listeners, Nick Benoit said, I gave a homer pick last week, picking BC to beat NC state. and was tremendous to see BC win. My pick this week was BC wins 24, 24. If healthy, I heard Pete Mitchell will be there. Mm, uh, so if healthy, you. if healthy is the big I, I, Yeah. Qualifier <laughs> comment section could underline that a whole bunch. <laughs> I think that would be something to look at. All right. Now my pick, if we're going to go, we're going with top 10 team or top 20 teams. I'm going to go games with that are more interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with Utah in Oregon because I've seen this story a couple times. Um, Oregon is, you know, Dan Lanning is a new head coach there and he's obviously he's got some stuff going on. They're one of the best offenses in the country right now. ranked in totally guards. I love Utah and every year they punch Oregon in the mouth. And they did it twice last year because we watched Anthony Brown <laughs> really struggle against them. This year, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Utah. I think Cam Rising is gonna give them the points that they need. I like Utah's defense. I think they're enough to to slow down Oregon. And I I know he's having a good year, but I'm for Bo Nix to come back to Earth, and I think it's gonna be this game. I can't believe I'm going to be the one that actually sides with Bo Nix because he's one of my one of the players I've hated most in college football for better reasons. Uh, but I, I'm I would take Oregon here actually as plus two home underdogs uh, money line plus one hundred five. I, I think this Oregon team's a little different. I think that there was a lot of bluster with Mario uh, Cristobal. I think this team is a little more legit in terms of them running the ball, being physical on offense. And yep. Utah is, they're still good across the board, but I just don't think they have, like in the last few years, they've had stars on both sides of the ball. And right now they just don't have them where they're out. You know, Brent, Brent Keithy, who's their kind of Kyle Juszczyk kind of player, like a tight end fullback hybrid does everything. He's been out for the year. Um, I think Cam Rising was hurt actually recently. So I think he'll play and I think they were just saving him for this game. But I, and I think, I think Oregon's going to be, even though it's, you know, some different guys, I think Oregon's definitely gonna be out for revenge in this game. So I would take Oregon here and maybe even Moneyline that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's definitely gonna be a really interesting game. I think those games are on at about the same time that in the uh, USC UCLA game, 10 30 uh, start for that one. Eight oh, o'clock start for you. So you get, if you want to watch pack 10 after dark, you can, uh, you can watch both of those games. Absolutely. All right, you're up. You want to do another one? Yeah, sure. Uh, interesting one in the ACC. You've got Duke going to Pittsburgh. Uh, I think the Coastal is pretty much settled with North Carolina, but this is kind of an interesting game between a Duke team that BC fans obviously know has been quite resurgent this year, and Pitt has been up and down. You know, they got a big win last week against Virginia, which uh, thoughts and prayers to Virginia community after that really sad story about the players getting uh, killed by a, another player, which is really sad. Uh, but I think Pitt, I'm trying to think, this, this, this is a tough game. I think Duke covers here. I think Pitt probably wins because it's going to be home. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to touch Pittsburgh, but there's a big, big snowstorm out in the Lake Erie region. They moved the Bills and uh, Browns game to Detroit. So I'm wondering if the lake might affect the you know storm might hit Pittsburgh. So that would give Pitt a pretty big advantage in bad weather. 
Uh, so I would take, I think I'm going to take Pitt to win here, but I think Duke covers. It should be a fun game in the ACC. All right. And then my final pick is going to be Bedlam. I'm going with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And I was looking at this game and I looked at the spread and I said, okay, that's weird. And, you know, the, a, a lot of betters, when they see a weird spread, they just lean into it. I'm I'm not going to do that with this one. I Oklahoma State is a seven and a half point dog in this game, and I know the game's in Oklahoma. Um, for the for this, it's a home game for the Sooners, but I feel like the season has been just like f- for Oklahoma, just one bad game after another. Um, and Brett Venables has been getting a lot of crap for it and all this stuff. I just think this is going to be like a bigger loss than they expect. I think. I think Oklahoma. I, I, I'm almost ready to take money line on the Oklahoma State's going to beat them. I think that's a good bet. I think Oklahoma State's. I think that I think the reason why the spread is the way it is is because there's still a question about whether Spencer Sanders will play. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like this this has got to be his last opportunity for Bedlam. He's been there forever. Uh, I feel like his eligibility's got to run out soon. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I think money line is interesting here. Uh, Oklahoma, like you said, Oklahoma's been terrible. Uh, if they can get Spencer, if, if the Okies can get Stan, Spencer Sanders back, I think they should win this game pretty comfortably because Oklahoma's just pretty much a dumpster fire at this point. And I'll just say this: UMass is is uh, thirty three and a half point underdogs to Texas A and M. If you want to, that, that's a real sickos game. If you want to have some fun, put thirty, put some money on UMass plus thirty three and a half, and see if they can embarrass Texas A and M even more than they already have been this season. That's like one of those games. Like if UMass just scores points, they'll cover. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because <laughs> Texas A and I, I sure want to say they could. The over under is forty seven and a half, which seems high. Yeah, I'm a, take you take UMass the points and the under for this one. That's gonna gonna, gonna parlay that one. That's gonna be a foul game. <laughs> it, yeah, it's gonna it's be gross. nasty. All right. So before we head out, Nick has one last comment. Emmett is certainly the quarterback of the future and has shown enough to excite the fan base. Give Phil the start. And bring in Emmett if he falters. Give it to him based on everything he has gone through. Mm. I'll leave Nick with that. And uh, Nick, I hope people don't find your Twitter handle. <laughs> For as long as it lasts. Yeah, if it's, if it's out by the time this, this episode this, this is, is the time to get your hot takes out. They're all going to be gone soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where can people follow you on social media? I mean, at this point, you can you can follow me on Twitter for all that it's worth at Mitchell T. Wolf to be OLFE. Um, I actually kind of a few months ago, I kind of purged my other socials just to kind of streamline everything and stop wasting as much time. So that's really it. I mean, I guess if you want to find me on LinkedIn, that's fine, too. But I'm not I don't really post there. So you know what? You, gotta, maybe... you know what? You got to pump up. That's what I'll you can find up. both of us in the message boards. There at you go. Eagle Insider. Yeah. And if Twitter gets nuked, if it if it hits the iceberg, we'll be there talking BC football. Sign up for an account. You can you know, you can be a VIP member. And I put VIP stuff in there. I was talking about transfer portal stuff. You can sign up for the first month for free. I mean, for a dollar or you can sign up for the year or you can get a free account. It's if Twitter's gone, you can join and talk to other BC fans. A lot of the guys that you see, I know Nick's on there. Uh, that you don't, uh, if you if they're on Twitter, they're on this now. So head over to Eagle Insider, part of the 247 Sports Network. Um, you'll get all my work there, and I post these up there, and I hope you uh, decide that too. So we'll be back on Monday to talk about this game. We'll talk about Notre Dame and BC. I'll also start to talk about the BC men's basketball tournament in the Virgin Islands. They have a game this weekend against George Mason. I'll give you the recap of that game. 
and we'll get into anything else that happens this weekend. For Mitch Wolf, this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care.